Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we got the Week Eight preview. The season's going fast. Are you uh, you hanging in there? You doing all right? Hanging in there, Joey. I know you're a fan of Yellow Jackets, but I don't want this audio to be buzzing again. Yeah, let's uh, let's just start there. Um, so we got numerous messages uh, alerting us to the fact that the audio quality, particularly on the end of Yours Truly, was uh, particularly poor poor in our Week Seven recap. Um, we got an email from a listener. We got a DM from someone else on Twitter. My dad was texting me about it. Like it was a very clear issue. Here's the long and short of what happened. Um, we didn't catch the issue until after we had finished recording. And as you know, if you listened to the whole thing and God bless you, if you did, um, if you will know that we had recorded for over an hour, it was late Monday night. We had already put off the, uh, the recap for an extra day because life happens, and as a result, it was like we made the executive decision to go ahead and post it. We, you know, sorry for as poor as it was. We are going to make sure it didn't happen again. We've got, uh, we've, we've already kind of proved some concepts tonight that what we're doing is going to be better. It's going to work. Uh, so it should be, uh, should be a lot better. And, and all I can say at this point, Mike, is that I really, really hope that people aren't screaming at their car radio as they listen to this saying, you moron, it's not any better than it was before. The irony here is that I brought up if you guys made it through like the first five or 10 minutes of this episode, I brought up our very first episode and the audio quality that was so bad in the very first episode that we ever recorded of this podcast, Joey, mm-hmm. and talked about how, man, aren't we so lucky we have great audio quality now, except we didn't. So that's excellent timing as always here by yours truly. Yeah, that, that very first episode, the, uh, the audio, quality, audio quality baseline was not set very high. And long story short, the Week 7 recap did not even hit that baseline. So apologize for that. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. We really appreciate everybody's continued patronage and, and uh, fighting through that one. Hopefully you're not screaming at your radio right now saying, you moron, it's still not okay. But in any case, Mike, let's move on. We do have Week 8 to preview uh, we have a lineup of seven games here. Everybody in action, all conference games. Um, so all fourteen teams in the ACC playing. Each only other week, weekend. only week of the year too. That yeah. this is going to happen. So that enjoy it. That is true. This is a, uh, a a unique and exciting week here in the ACC. So uh, we got to get the party started early. Uh, you ready to go? Let's do it. Friday night, seven o'clock, ESPN. You've gotten home from work. You kicked your feet up. Flip on the tube, and you're going to be watching Pittsburgh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange. This is a uh, divisional crossover rivalry, as it were. Uh, a couple of former Big East teams, that, the most recent uh, to join the ACC, not named Louisville. Uh, Pittsburgh, a road favorite here. Syracuse coming off of a, a bit of an ugly road loss to NC State. 
Syracuse, I'm really just starting to think, Mike, I don't think Syracuse is a whole lot of any good, especially on offense. I don't think they can do anything in terms of uh, moving the ball against this Pittsburgh defense. Isn't that such a weird statement to make, too? It totally like, is. We're talking about Syracuse's offense not being able to move the ball. It has been a very, very inconsistent year for Syracuse on both sides of the football. There was hope that their defense would be better. It might be worse. And it, there was hope that their offense wouldn't have much drop-off with Tommy DeVito. And not only has there been a drop-off, but even when they've looked their best, they didn't. They still haven't looked as good as they did a year ago when they were clicking on all cylinders on offense. Uh, it has not looked good. They've been inconsistent. Some quarters, they look like you know, the Syracuse of old scoring, you know, 40 points a game and, you know, putting up, you know, seven, eight yards per play on a drive. And then you have the Syracuse offense that looks like, I don't know, UL Monroe or something. UL Monroe is pretty decent. That's a bad example, but UL Lafayette or something Mm -hmm. like like a bad offense, comparatively speaking. And you're getting that within a given game. It's happening across the ACC. Syracuse isn't the only team to fall ill to that, but their defense has been so uninspiring that, you know, when you have an offense that you're used to seeing click on all cylinders and score a lot of points, not do that, you're going to take a step back. And Syracuse was a team that won 10 games a year ago. They were obviously very good on on offense, and it made up for their lack of inspiring play defensively. I don't love this matchup against Pittsburgh, Joey. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense has been better. It's the first time Pat Narduzzi has fielded a competent defense, and I mean like competent by Pat Narduzzi standards at Pittsburgh. Um, You know, offensively, Kenny Pickett overall this year has been pretty good. He's taken a step forward. Uh, A guy who we've been pretty critical of because of his nature of being a game manager, but he's clearly taken a step forward and he's been pretty solid. The running game is still a work in progress for Pittsburgh. We're used to seeing Pittsburgh run the ball really well game after game after game. They lost all that offensive production out of their backfield last year with Quadri Allison and Darren Hall both moving on. And they've still found a way in most games to run the football effectively enough and efficiently enough with Kenny Pickett throwing the football a lot better than he has throughout his entire career at Pittsburgh to make the offense work. So Pitt is playing their own brand of complimentary football right now, and I'm much more confident in what they're putting out on the field on a week-to-week basis than I am with Syracuse. Even on the road, even at the Dome, I like Pittsburgh here, Joey. Pittsburgh is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like them to win and cover. Uh, And to be honest with you, Joey, I think this is like a seven- to ten-point game here. I think they cover pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know that Syracuse is going to be able to keep up. I mean, they they struggled to move the ball against what is a seeming like it's a, a decent at worst NC State defense, and I just don't see how that gets any better against what I think is a better Pittsburgh defense. Um, for what it's worth, Pitt going to be missing Paris Ford for the first half as he serves a, a targeting suspension from the end of the Duke game. Um, maybe some arguments be had about whether or not that was a legit targeting call, but that's neither here nor there. He's going to miss half of this game at the very least. But I don't know that, again, I just have not seen any level of consistency from Syracuse on offense this year. And it, it kind of blows my mind. I don't understand how this is happening, considering the the level of riches in terms of skill talent and even offensive line talent that, that Tommy DeVito has around him. But he has really just not turned out into the kind of quarterback we thought he was going to be. Um it's been a really disappointing year for him in the Orange offense. I'm with you. I'm on Pittsburgh in this game. Total's also 51.5 here. I think I like the under. Uh, weeknight unders tend to go uh, pretty well long term, but 
Um, especially, again, I don't know exactly how much Pitt's going to score, but I'm pretty sure I know how much Syracuse isn't going to score. So uh, definitely like the under here, under 51.5. But uh, I'm with you. I'm in Pittsburgh. I can't get past how weird that sounds. I do know how much uh, Syracuse is not going to score. Like, mm-hmm. what a statement. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not even a full year removed from Syracuse having one of the more dynamic offenses in the country. I mean, just look at some of the point totals they put up last year. 55, 62, 51, 37, 40, 51, 41, 54, 42. Like, and, and Syracuse can't even sniff like 30 this year against an FBS team. Like that's, it's bizarre. It's been quick. Um, and it seems like it's totally just a, a lack of Eric Dungy. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's a weird place to be for Syracuse. I think I remember predicting them to go like nine and three against this schedule, and that's not going to be anything close to that, Mike. Uh, they're going to lose this game; it's going to be their fourth loss already, and they've got some uh, still some fairly tough waters to sail here over the next uh, remaining month and a half of the season. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Pittsburgh is the play here. Love it. Let's move on to Saturday noon on ABC, uh, coming right off a of college game day. Uh, that, that's not on ABC, but you know it's on another Disney station. The number three Clemson Tigers, a twenty-four point favorite going into Louisville, uh, formerly known as Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, now just normal Cardinal Stadium. R.I.P. Papa John. Uh, we got news this week from Louisville that Jawan Pass officially out for the year. I believe he has a toe injury. Um, We've been getting some Mikhail Cunningham. We've been getting some Evan Conley out of Louisville. Don't really know how that's going to continue. Louisville has been uh, particularly good on offense and, you know, kind of here or there on defense. Um, but I just can't help but think, Mike, that we, we – I think last week we squarely re-entered Clemson minus anything territory. Um, I mean, they took Florida State to the woodshed and came out of a bye week extra focused – Clemson has not been good on the road this year. Um, that's where they've kind of done their the most struggling. But I just don't think that this is going to be a big issue. I think you're going to still see a little bit of that year one growing pain under Scott Satterfield here for Louisville. So give me Clemson minus anything. Um, I'll take Clemson minus the 24. Yeah, I think I'm with you here. And the thing I'm most interested in watching uh, during this game is Louisville's offense against Clemson's defense because we're seeing the steady improvement with the Louisville offense week over week. And I'm wondering if they could do that against a competent defense because it's the first one they're facing in the last month or so. Um, I'm really interested to see how that offense performs now with whoever the quarterback ends up being on Saturday. We know it's not going to be Jawan Pass, but um, I, I'm really interested to see how Louisville's offense plays in this football game. Defensively, I mean, they've been better <laughs> than they were last year better than they were when uh you know the brian van gorder experiment happened obviously it's the brian brian van gorder experience mike yes yes experience not experiment um (laughs) yes anyway um yeah with all that being said though like clemson's in war machine mode i think um you know I, i thought it might take him a couple more weeks coming off of the bye but you score 42 unanswered to open up that game uh last weekend against florida state and now it's really hard to bet against clemson again because it looks like their offense is clicking trevor lawrence looked a lot better defensively they were harassing the hell out of the florida state offensive line which i guess isn't all that hard to do but i think they're able to have that same success against louisville so i like clemson to win and cover here 
Uh, I don't think they win by much more than 24. I, I don't think this is like, you know, 52 nothing or something. You know, I do think Louisville will score in this game, but I do like Clemson to cover here. They got too much talent all over the field. And while Louisville can match up for a while, I don't trust their defense against this Clemson offense. So uh, give me the Tigers to win and cover here. Uh, Mike, how many points do you think the Tigers score in this game? A lot. I mean, in the 40s, I would say. So call it 45? Yeah, let's call it 45. We'll split the difference there. You think Louisville can score 17? Yeah, I do. You probably like the over in this game then. Total's only 60 and a half. I feel like Louisville's going to score a couple of points here or there. I do love the over, yeah. I like the over a lot because I don't think Louisville can stop Clemson and I think Louisville will score just enough. I I don't think Clemson is so, I don't think they're so suffocating defensively that Louisville can't get in the end zone at all. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's that sort of scenario. So yeah, I do like the over. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I like the over here. Even again, if and when Clemson starts putting in backups, I think Louisville's going to score a couple points here or there and uh, that'll be enough. And 45, 17 is cover town. That sure is. That sure is. Um, that's where we're going, Mike. Cover town. Cover town, baby. All day, every day. All right, Clemson in the over. That's the play there. We are uh, in agreement yet again here. I have a feeling I know where this week is going to be going, which really is, yeah. a good, is a good thing for me because if I were smart, I would have fallen you all year because you're uh, you're killing it in a lot of these picks. So I am. I'm on fire. A little bit of a heater. <laughs> little bit of a heater. Little bit of a heater. A little bit. Um, all right, 3.30 on the ACC Network Extra. The North Carolina Tar Heels, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, going to Blacksburg, taking on your Virginia Tech Hokies, Mike. Total's 57. Are you going to beat this game? I will, man. It's homecoming. Oh, boy. All right. Virginia Tech, a home dog at homecoming. You uh, you like your Hokies here? I do. I don't know why, but I do. Mm. I do. Mm. I, I like Virginia Tech here. Um, oh, man. Uh Virginia Tech's been better offensively. Uh, Obviously, the major concern is how that secondary is going to hold up against Sam Howell. Uh, The reason why I'm picking Virginia Tech, Joey, is because Bud Foster has a tendency to do pretty well against freshman quarterbacks. It's a thing that he's done well for a while. He did well a couple weeks ago against one in Jaron Williams. Obviously, I think Sam Howell is better than Jaron Williams. I'm not suggesting that they're the same quarterback because they're not. Sam Howell is a little bit more exciting, has a better arm. Um, he's just a better quarterback to date. Um, but with all that being said, I do think Virginia Tech has had some success on defense when they've brought pressure. It's when they've sat back on their heels and played zone that you know they're letting all these plays happen underneath and teams are compiling hundreds and hundreds of yards against them. And they're trying to do this bend but don't break thing, except they're having a tendency to break in the second half of some of these games. Um, so that's that's obviously a concern against a competent team like North Carolina, who's been very good all year. I just don't know what I'm getting out of Virginia Tech on a week-to-week basis, obviously. So I'm really leaning on Bud Foster to blitz and get home. And I'm leaning on the history of Bud Foster against freshman quarterbacks to be enough to get the job done, which is a huge mistake, obviously, because <laughs> Virginia Tech under Bud Foster the last couple of years has not looked very good. And I don't care what you think of the history and how good Bud Foster has been over the course of his career. The last two years have not been very good. Mm-mm. With all that being said, I am taking the Hokies. They're selling out Lane Stadium, which is a nice accomplishment considering what the hell has been going on there in Blacksburg with kids not showing up to games and everything else. They will show up to this one because they're electing the homecoming court at halftime. Sorority girls love that shit, Joey. So um, kids will be sticking around. Don't I know? Kids will be sticking around this time a little bit past (laughs) halftime. 
but yeah, I think Virginia Tech plays well enough in this game to get the job done. And you know what? This is a turning point in the season for them. So if they get this win going into the bye week, you're sitting at five and two. You like your chances of making a bowl game. So this is a huge, huge game for the Hokies. I am a Virginia Tech fan and alum, as you all know. And more than anything else, I just want them to win this game. So I'm going to pick them here because I think it's going to be tight. So you got the Hokies outright then on the I field. got the Hokies outright on the field, man. What the hell? Let's get crazy. I think All this right. is going to be a close game anyway, so I might as well take my my alum, my my school to win this thing at home and just, I don't know, well. move to five and two and make this season even more inexplicable. Yeah. I Well. Did I hype you up? If you're telling me that something unexpected is going to happen in the ACC, that is not news to me, Mike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That is just par for the course at this point. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm on the other side of this one. I, yeah, I've got North Carolina. I, yeah. I don't love the hook on the, the three and a half there. Um, but I do think that North Carolina might be sneaky good. And I think Virginia Tech might be sneaky bad. Um, oh, they're not sneaky bad. They're just outright bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're um, actually bad. Yeah. Virginia Tech coming off a pair of wins that, yeah, they beat Miami, but there was some extremely fluky circumstances that led to that. And then they come off of a, a win over Rhode Island that was just fine, as we talked about. I mean, it was uninspiring. Um, I've just not seen a whole lot out of Virginia Tech right now that, wants, that makes me really confident in them. And I think North Carolina, again, the three teams they've lost to, I think, are now a combined, what, one loss? Has App State lost yet? I don't think they have. Uh, they have not. Yeah, Wake Forest lost to Louisville last week. But other than that, Clemson and App are, are both undefeated. Like, So, again, I think North Carolina might be sneaky really good. Uh, really good maybe is a little strong, but you know, sneaky pretty good. Um, potential best team in the Coastal, that's that's up in the air. You know, that's, that's a possibility on the table right now. So I'm going with North Carolina. Um, I think they're going to give Virginia Tech's prop defense some problems. Um, Sam Howell and that passing attack. And, and to some degree, I think the rushing attack is going to be able to accomplish a few things as well. Uh, and, and I think defensively, they, I just don't trust Virginia Tech's offense. I, I think Carolina's going to be able to get a few stops here and there. And I like the Tar Heels. Even as a, as a road favorite going in on homecoming into Blacksburg, they've been playing confident and they've been playing strong in a lot of ways this year. So uh, give me the Tar Heels against the, against the Hokies there. Uh, total's 57. Over. Over. Yeah. Over. Over. Don't think about Let's it. Let's see. The over's hitting. Don't even think about it. Let's see. What are we looking at here? Like 3128? Something like that. 3127. Yeah, let's go over. Let's go over on that. There it is. Overall work. We'll do that. All right. Jane Tech outright by two touchdowns. You ride <laughs> that? Let's get weird. Would that be the craziest result of the ACC season so far? And that's a legitimate nope. question. <laughs> the answer is uh, no. Um, the craziest, well, I, I mean, head to head ACC teams. Yeah, maybe the craziest result is Syracuse getting absolutely blasted by a Maryland team. That's absolutely terrible. They're not very Molly good. Whopped, as it yes. Were. Um, turns out Maryland's bad. So yeah, there's uh, a development. Yeah. Maryland just as good as we thought they were going to be, which is way less good than they looked against Syracuse. Yeah. You could also throw in uh, Carolina almost beating Clemson. Um, you could throw in, I don't know, there's different things. Uh, Duke winning 45-10 to 10 against Virginia Tech yeah, in Blacksburg. five-score win in Blacksburg for Duke. Um, what is this season, Mike? 
Uh, we're only at the halfway point, bye. Goodness. There's a lot of a lot of hell to step through here. I used this phrase on the uh, week seven recap, but I, I feel like at this point, even as not a smoker, I need a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is so much going on here that I I just don't even know what to make head or tails of. I gotta take it take a second, just chill out. Take smoke break. That's all I need. Little smoke break. Little smoke break. Only smoke little break smoke in my break. life. Not counting cigars. I'll have a little stogie every every so often. I'm sure you do too. Victory stogue. Did you say three stogues? Victory victory stogue. Oh, victory stogue. Okay, all right. That I'll allow it. All right. There was a uh there was a bellman at the hotel we were staying at in Boston. My dad walked out of the hotel. This was we were heading over to the Patriots game last Thursday night, and uh we were getting ready to leave the hotel and we had valeted the car. Because uh, my parents actually drove up. I, f- I flew in. Um, my parents had actually driven up earlier in the week. And uh, they were getting their car from the valet. And my dad lit up the cigar. And, of course, we're in the middle of downtown Boston. So everybody's a Pats fan, including the the bellman. And he's going to get the car. And he sees my dad walk out with the cigar uh, that he was smoking at, like, 3 in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> well, well before the game even started. And the guy goes, ah, I like your attitude. Nice and cold out, a little bit rainy. You got your victory stoke. <laughs> Not Incredible. even on a golf course or anything. All right. Not even just walking through the streets of Boston. Victory well, stoke. <laughs> victory stoke. Tip that yeah. guy. Jeez. Anyway. Yeah, he got tipped. Good. Good. Only way to do it. Moving on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 7.30 7.30 p.m., the nightcap on the ACC Network. The Florida State Seminole is a two-point dog going to Winston-Salem, taking on the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. The Deeks coming off their first loss of the year, a, a shootout wild game against Louisville. It's bizarre that you racked up 600-plus yards and 50, what, 59 points and you lost, but Wake Forest licking their wounds. Uh, you got a very, very talented Florida State team coming to, coming to town. It is, it's a little bit interesting to me how close this line is. Uh, it opened at four, and it's moved to two. Um, so money coming in on the Knolls. Uh, Mike, are you with them on the Knolls, or are you, uh, you just letting that line keep moving and uh, going to bet Wake Forest here? Uh, to be honest with you, Joey, it kind of depends on the health of Jamie Newman. So Jamie Newman's questionable for this game. He left, of course, the last game against Louisville with a shoulder injury kind of up in the air with his status here as we record here on Wednesday night as to how healthy he's going to be heading into this game. Um, look, I, I like Wake Forest a heck of a lot more with Jamie Newman, a quarterback than I do with Sam Hartman. With that being said, Sam Hartman looked pretty good in relief of Jamie Newman against Louisville, um, you know, keeping up with the Cardinals in that game last Saturday night and uh, damn near won the thing. Um, so he looked really good in relief, but I'm more confident in Jamie Newman. Um, and how he looks offensively or how he looks at the quarterback position offensively. Um, interested to see kind of how how this whole thing kind of turns out now with, uh, you know, if it ends up being Sam Hartman in the game. But Florida State, 
defensively doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. If this thing gets into a shootout, I favor Wake Forest. Wake Forest offense has shown that they are more than capable of putting up yards, putting up a lot of points. They've been doing it all year long. Wake Forest defense is decidedly trash. They're very bad. Um, One of the worst defenses, not only in the ACC, but in the country. They will give up yards. They will give up points. And Florida State has a ton of athletes. So if you're into value picks against the spread and you're putting a lot of trust in a guy like James Blackman, for example, uh, or maybe if you're horny for Hornybrook, you and he ends up being the quarterback here for Florida State and Alex Hornybrook gets a bulk of the reps at the quarterback position. Maybe you're feeling good about Florida State and testing your luck there, but I'm going to take Wake Forest. I do think they're the better team. I think they're the better coach team. They've been the more consistent team. Even on the offensive side of the football, you consider Florida State. They've gone through a decent amount of lulls in individual games this year where, oh, they look really good. They're scoring a bunch of points with all their athletes. And then there's like a 10 to 15 minute span in a game where they're not scoring any points. And they're having four and five, three and outs in a row um, mm-hmm. on consecutive possessions. So it's been up and down even on the offense for Florida State, let alone the defense not being all that good. So Wake Forest, the one thing you can count on in this football game, even if it does end up being Sam Hartman, is the Wake Forest offense will score points. Wake Forest offense has no problem scoring. They've been consistently really, really good all year. We don't see those kind of lulls with the Demon Deacons. I like Wake Forest here at home to win this game. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Mike, this is where I feel like I need to point out we have now, this is the fourth game of seven that we've previewed. This is the third game we've previewed with a spread inside of four points. Uh, not to mention there's two more down, you know, down the slate here. So five of the seven games in the ACC this weekend have spreads inside of four points. Um, and as much as we've talked about this year, we're not really sure who's good. And we had a really nice little back and forth on the week seven recap about who who's the second best team in the ACC. And there's probably about seven contenders for that right now. When I see all these games with spreads inside of four points, what I'm seeing is Vegas saying, yeah, we don't really know either. We're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of these too, they're picking teams like inside three and four points at home. So it's like, we basically think this is an even game on the neutral field. Like we don't know what to think of any of you guys, but oh, you're the home team. So you get the nod by a field goal. I mean, that's what's happening in several of these games, Joey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way like Florida state would be a four point favorite over Wake Forest at home. I'd probably take those points with Wake Forest. I think this, this is, this is a game I, I would stay away from the spread here. And the reason is that there is a pretty wild imbalance of talent and there's a pretty wild imbalance of coaching. And I don't really know which one's going to win out. Um, and, and really, it could be that Wake Forest bounces back. It could be that Florida State is getting better. I don't really know. I don't know what to make of this game at all. Um, what I've learned this year is the smart thing to do is just – ride with you on these games because apparently you've got the you've got the right impression um i I got not not the impression i have the right guesses you do have the right guesses um when i was looking at some of these uh lines early in the week too this one did jump out at me as very interesting and i I, that was my first thought was i think i like wake forest um i think the public would think holy smokes you know florida state's getting points against wake but team quality wise and who's actually better like I, I mean, SP Plus likes Wake Forest better. Like, just pure analytic numbers like Wake Forest better, you know? So it's, it's, 
there's a brand aspect here, but then there's also a team quality aspect at play. So I think I'm going to ride with you. Wake Forest only having to give two points here to win by at least a field goal. Um, I think I like the Deeks. But nothing would shock me in this game at all. The biggest thing I'm with you on, the total here, 69 points. Pretty nice. Very nice. Over. Um, over. Yeah, over for sure. Um, this is where – this is the thing that I do like is, as we've said a couple times in this podcast, Wake Forest, if nothing else, secretly a Big 12 team. They're entertaining. They're going to score a bunch of points. They're going to give up a bunch of points. They're going to just play a bunch of shootouts. Uh, the over hit in the Wake Louisville game last week, like 35 minutes of play into the game. So just if just look, they're going to score a boatload of points. Just bet the over. And, Mike, if you don't mind, I'm going to just go ahead and lock this one up. This is my pick of the week. It's over 69 points, Wake Forest, Florida State. I don't know where the stops are coming from in this game. Lock it up, baby. Lock it up. All right. Let's – Lock that one in. Uh, anything else in this game you want to move on? I'm over here eating M&M's. Oh, so. like regular M&M's or peanut butter M&M's? Peanut M&M's? Regular M&M's. Pretzel M&M's? What's that, like, new hazelnut M&M's they got? Yeah, it's not weird. Yeah, that's – did you see, like, the cannibalism commercial they did on those, by the way? So strange. I. It made me uncomfortable. A L- little far. A little far. Yeah, a little too much. Yeah. Don't need an M&M on M&M crime in my life. Correct. All right. 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Duke Blue Devils, a three-point dog in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Once again, uh, Bryce Hall out for the year. That's Virginia's probably best defensive player. That's not a good sign. Virginia's been reeling here a little bit. They took a a, a pretty rough second-half loss to Notre Dame and then uh, an ugly-looking loss last week that was really just a poor performance on their end. Uh, against Miami. Duke coming to town. They've been fairly sharp lately. Uh, they, they had a loss to Pittsburgh in a comeback effort, and then they gave the lead away late. That was a super wild game on all sorts of levels. But um, I think I like Virginia to get right here. Um, they've had a couple of losses against teams that are definitively more talented than them. And one in particular, I mean, a weeknight, on the road, that kind of thing. This is going to be a, a home game. They're going to get back to Charlottesville. Virginia only having to give three. I think I like them. I like what their defense is going to be able to do against Duke's offense. They're going to probably be able to get a pass rush and uh, be able to help contain that offense. So give me the Cavaliers. But, Mike, this is decidedly one of the most important games in the Coastal this year as these are two of your three front runners right now. This is a huge game. I like Virginia as well at home. But they got to be careful here, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, running the football, I mean, look, Virginia, they haven't been the best running team all year. They're only averaging 102 yards per game on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke gives up only 133 yards per game on the ground, so Duke's got a pretty good running defense anyway. They got to really be careful here. This is going to end up being the Bryce Perkins show, as it always is. But they really need to be careful here. Um Quentin Harris really hasn't been all that good of late for Duke, um, at least through the air. He didn't look great last week uh, against Georgia Tech. A, you know, a okay defense, but you know, not a great defense. He wasn't able to really get anything going through the air, and he's been very inconsistent on that front. It just makes you wonder, man. This 
I mean, this conference is so weird. This division is so weird. You know, if Duke wins this game, the narrative is probably going to be, well, Duke's got to be the favorite at five and two and three and one in the coastal division. You know, they're in the driver's seat. They got to be the best team in the coastal. And like they could very well go on to win the coastal division. But it's like, man, are they really all that good? And then same goes for Virginia. You know, Virginia is an inherently flawed team. Haven't been running the ball well outside of Joe Reed. They don't really have a ton of playmakers on offense. I mean, obviously Bryce Perkins, but outside of Perkins and Joe Reed, you don't really have much of anything there. Virginia has been riding a very good defense that now loses their best playmaker in Bryce Hall. So Virginia is a flawed team, right? But the narrative going into the year was that Virginia was going to be very good, even though we didn't really know what they had in the running game. The one thing I brought up before the season, you agreed with me on Joey is, who are the playmakers going to be? How are they going to replace Zacchaeus at on the outside, even though they had Joe Reed? How are they going to replace Jordan Ellis, which ended up being the bigger deal so far? Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of questions heading into the year for Virginia, but we said, eh, by default, they're, they're probably the best team in the Coastal Division, right? Or at least the one that has the highest floor. And that's still going to be the case. They're still a pretty good team. But man, oh man, if Duke wins this football game, what are we saying about Virginia coming out of this? Mm -hmm. Um, This is a very, very important game for the division, for the conference. One of the most important games of the year overall in the ACC. I like Virginia at home, but it's going to be close. It's it's a huge game for Virginia. Like, I I mean, you talk about a thing starting to spiral, like this would be three straight losses if they can't pull this off. Um, So one of the things I think too is, is, and I've started to think about with Virginia is, Man, if you're if you're a Cavaliers fan right now, thank God for Bryce Perkins, because you've got a a decidedly like dynamic playmaker leading your offense, and even with that being said, it's still been a, a largely dysfunctional, you know, inconsistent offense a lot of the time. Remember when Matt Johns played quarterback there? Oh, Holy man. crap. Man, you could go through an absolute litany of names of guys that have played quarterback at Virginia in the last decade. They're all six foot three. They're all white, and they all throw for like, you know, 20 touchdowns and 12 picks and have like a 55% completion percentage. And they all have the exact same haircut, too. They look exactly the same, all of them. Yeah, they're basically the same person. Um, so I. That's that's the concern here. I don't I don't think Virginia is going to have a lot of luck moving the ball with consistency. I think they're probably going to hit a few big plays here or there again with Joe Reed, Hashish Dubois, some of those guys. I think they'll they'll hit a couple of deep balls, but um, most importantly here, I think I really like the under. Uh, the total is forty five and a half. I don't think this is going to be a higher scoring game. I think really if Virginia is trying to win games at all right now, it's just not going to be high scoring affairs. Um, especially with how ineffective they are at moving the ball in the running game. I mean, they, they don't have a consistent, like, reliable passing attack that can make up for that. So it, it's just going to be scores here and there, but you, you're not going to get a lot of high-scoring games that Virginia's going to be capable of winning. So your best bet is to keep this going under. Um, so I like the under here with uh, Virginia and Duke. Duke offensively is, is fine, but I think is going to struggle to move the ball a little bit against a decidedly really good uh, Virginia defense as well. I'm with you on both those picks there, bye. Good. That's what I like to hear. That means it's a good chance I'm going to be right here. Don't put all that pressure on me. That's what stats tell us here. All right. Um, because we must, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, an 18-point dog 
in Coral Gables against the Miami Hurricanes. Miami coming off a big win over Virginia. They've got an extra day of rest in. I could really hope that there's going to be like a letdown spot here for Miami. I'm still just not seeing the consistency from Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, one of the very last teams in the Power Five that has still not covered a single spread this year. Um, they would have covered last week if not for going for two instead of kicking an extra point. So for what that's worth, um, Georgia Tech been better in recent weeks, but I just think that Georgia Tech's offensive line is going to have an absolute nightmare of a game against Miami's defensive front, especially with how aggressive they like to be. I would be a little nervous about not only James Graham's uh, physical health, but also to some degree his mental health, if he's just constantly running for his life and getting brutalized back there by Miami's defense. Bad spot for Georgia Tech, especially on the road. Totals 45, I kind of like the over. Georgia Tech's defense is going to give out after a while, and I don't know. Yeah, give me uh, give me Miami minus the 18, and uh, I, I think this game goes over the 45. Yeah, I mean, all it needs to be is like 38 to 13 or something like that, and I think it could definitely get there. The most interesting part of this game for me is the Miami quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if they've named a starter yet. It sounded like it was going to be Jaron Williams back in the saddle. Uh, I don't know if that's been officially announced yet or not, but it seemed like it was heading that direction. Um, Nicozy Perry played so well uh, against, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Nicozy Perry played so well against Virginia Tech two weeks ago. He played pretty well against Virginia, made a couple of big throws, made a huge run on fourth down to end up being a decisive play as well. Um, you know, he made some big plays in that game, but it sounds like they're moving back to Jaron Williams potentially now that he's healthy. So I just want to see how that plays out. If Jaron Williams starts out by throwing a couple of interceptions, keeping a bad team hanging around like he did with Virginia Tech. Um, just really curious to see how quickly Manny Diaz pulls that trigger. And if he does go to Nikosi Perry, is he the quarterback the rest of the season? I would assume so. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here, Mike. I did see something today that, I believe Manny Diaz jumped out and said it is going to be Nikosi Perry starting at quarterback. Although Jaron Williams is still quote our guy, which what that means is up for your interpretation. <laughs> yeah, it means I like him and his family a lot, but uh, <laughs> he's not playing quarterback in Miami anymore. I like, need him to not transfer. Okay. What? Yeah, I that's yeah that's coach speak for please don't leave. Um, <laughs> we, the team needs you. Yeah. All right. Fine. So Nikosi Perry's going to play quarterback. Okay. That's cool. Um, Miami wins and covers here. Georgia Tech's bad. Yeah. That's that's really the only word for it. Georgia Tech, not not that good. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I will say that I could see this game being closer, if not outright weird, if there's a couple of turnovers. Miami is notorious for not necessarily taking the best care of the ball. Georgia Tech's defense is being actively trained you know, for the better part of a year now to try to create turnovers wherever possible. So there's always a chance of that. Um, there's a chance that that'll pop up. But again, I just don't – Georgia Tech's offense has completely survived the last couple of weeks based on big plays, and they'll probably hit a couple of those. But there is just this total inability to – have any level of efficiency it seems like and any you know consistency and reliability on that side of the ball so i i don't like this matchup for georgia tech at all so i'm with you mike give me my uh, miami minus the 18 georgia tech continues to not cover even though they're still some pretty damn big spreads
All right, last one here. Noon on the ACC Network Extra. By the way, Mike, uh, every game we've had so far on Saturday, there was one game on ABC. Everything else has been either the ACC Network or the ACC Network Extra. So nothing else really getting onto ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. Can you blame the schedule makers? I can't. Not really, no. Yeah. Vegas doesn't either, apparently. Yeah, God. NC State coming off a big Thursday night win over Syracuse. They're going on the road to Chestnut Hill. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Boston College. Boston College, we found out this week, going to be without Anthony Brown for the rest of the year. He has another injury, unfortunately. He's had a very injury-riddled career. It's, um, it is a sad sight, I guess, to see with him. Um, he, he's kind of dealt with a lot, even though he's been a, a fairly good player at times for, for Boston College. So Boston College going to be trotting out uh, another backup quarterback yet again. Um, NC State only a three and a half point favorite, but it is a, a road game here. Uh, Mike, you interested in a home dog here? God help us all. <laughs> um, I guess it's going to be Dennis Grossell, a quarterback, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a robust 12 of 31 passing on the season, that's good for 38.7 percent, so that's not very good. He's got, like, um, six touchdowns the... and 12 completions, uh, yeah, not the thrower that Anthony Brown is. That's which is a, a bit loaded statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite the statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is a uh, this is a weird game, huh? Yeah. NC I don't State, know what to make of this. Yeah. I mean, NC State's going to play Bailey Hawkman at quarterback, I guess, which, uh, you know, teach their own. So NC far. State, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how different, I mean, how different does the offense look truly with Bailey Hawkman than it did with Matthew McKay? I mean, I'm, not really convinced it's really all that different to be honest with you i guess they feel a little bit better about him not turning the ball over which i'm a virginia tech fan so i totally get that mm-hmm. uh, yeah i like nc state here joey um mostly because uh boston college is rolling into this game with a relatively unknown quantity of quarterback and what we've seen hasn't been good um aj Dillon, like he's been pretty solid running the football this year but I mean, NC State's only given up about 67 yards per game on the ground. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, if NC State loads the box, can Dash Grosell beat the Wolfpack through the air? I mean, I don't think he can based on what I've seen so far. Now it's been limited sample size, so take that into account as well. But yeah, I mean, Boston College is going to have to now become a one, more of a one-dimensional team based on what I've seen out of this backup quarterback and... Man, I mean, NC State's defense has been pretty solid, at least against the run. Um, they're starting to play a little bit better, as a listener so eloquently pointed out to me on social media. Uh, I'm going to take NC State. Don't feel great about it. Don't love the offense. But look, they're really good at stopping the only thing that I think BC will be able to do to score, and that's run the football. So I'm going to take NC State outright here by, I don't know, a touchdown, which cover town, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one other thing that NC State's defense has been really, really good at, Mike. You got any idea how many sacks they've had in their last two games? How many, Joey? They've got a combined 16 sacks in their last two games against Syracuse and Florida State. Yeah, that'll work against two really bad offensive lines. But hey, that'll work. That still counts. I mean, how good is Boston College's offensive line? Uh, not any better than two teams just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, they're probably average at best. So they're probably going to get after your quarterback as well. And I, I just don't think Dennis Grissel is a as mobile as Anthony Brown is, who's 
a decidedly really good runner. So that's a meaningful uh, a meaningful aspect to this as well. I, that's that's the reason I'm on NC State as well. I, I think I like the under here. Their offense hasn't been consistent, hasn't been particularly good in a lot of ways, but going up against a seemingly pretty questionable at best Boston College defense, and, and as NC State's defense has been playing better against a decidedly questionable Boston College offense, I'm with you. Only three and a half points, even though it's on the road. Give me the, uh, the Wolf Pack here. Um, total's 51 and a half. I think I like the under here, too. Um, I, I don't know how much scoring Boston College is going to be able to do. I, I think the offense will be kind of what it has been, even with a different quarterback. But, again, I, I have some faith in NC State's defense and what they're doing right now. So, uh, give me the under here. I don't think this is going to be that high of scoring of a game. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, uh, man, and, and to be fair, like, and, and to be perfectly blunt with you, I don't think NC State's really all that good. But uh, I'd like to say, yeah, they're better than Boston College. I think they definitely have an advantage with no Anthony Brown mm-hmm. for what it's worth. And that's really all that matters in this game. I think BC is in legitimate trouble as far as making a bowl game is concerned. And that's something I said last week, even before we knew that Anthony Brown was going to be out for the rest of the year. I uh, thought they might be in trouble then, and now you're three and three with a backup quarterback. That's not all that good going up against an NC State team. That's probably a little bit better than you now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, I mean, this is a big home game for BC. They got to win this if they want to get to six and six and six or the elusive seven and five. <laughs> I think elusive is the opposite of the word that applies for seven and five in Boston College. But yes, the consistent seven and five. <laughs> The inevitable seven and five, or the inevitable seven and five, yeah, <laughs> seven and five, Boston College. I will say that in in a weird and twisted way, Anthony Brown going down might actually find a way to save Steve Adazio's job if Boston College fails to make a bowl game here. Um, if there is always that excuse of "Well, we lost our quarterback," that might be enough to save the job and say, "Okay, one more year." But at the same time. Even if he was healthy, Mike, not so sure they were making a bowl game anyways. So <laughs> not no, a good situation I mean, this for Boston team, This team was bad. This team was bad with him at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or maybe bad's a strong word, but they were great. Yeah. Um, mediocre at best. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, mediocre gets you seven and five into the pinstripe bowl. Dilly dilly. Dudes to That's the right. Do. Dudes to the left. Suck in the middle with a quick lane bowl. That's what they do, <laughs> baby. Oh, the damn quick lane bowl. You turn around and you're in a 14 to 10 dogfight against like Toledo in a tier three ACC bowl. The scourge of the ACC's bowl lineup. Um, yeah. You, you were talking about too that NC State might not be that good. I mean, I was going to say at this point, we, we're decidedly in territory of put out a hat and we'll drop about eight team names in there and pick out one and you could make a pretty decent argument that they're the second best team in the ACC. You couldn't really make that good of an argument that they're any good. Like it's yeah. just a bunch of mediocrity in the middle of this conference, Mike. I'm having a rougher time picking out the worst team in the conference. Well, outside of Georgia Tech, I guess. Dilly I'm at the second. This, okay, let's let's do it this way. I'm having a tougher time picking out the second worst team in the conference than I am picking out the second best team in the conference. I think the second best team in the conference is confined to two teams, mm-hmm. Wake Forest and Louisville, Joey. Mm. Believe it or not, you can maybe throw Duke in there if you want to, if they beat UVA. I don't know. 
Now, the candidate for the second worst team in the conference, that gets interesting. You got Virginia Tech. If they lose to North Carolina, they could be decisively trash. Um, you have a litany of teams in the Atlantic Division, like Boston College, like NC State, maybe. Um, you know, North Carolina, I think, is pretty good, but we'll see, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are options. I mean, look, if UVA loses their third straight game, they might be trending more towards one of the worst teams in the conference than one of the best, which is mm-hmm. quite the four to five week turnaround. So that's, yeah, it's weird. It's a bad conference. It's Clemson and everybody else. It is shocking and disappointing if you start looking at the SP Plus rankings for the individual teams in the conference. You've got Clemson way up there at number eight. And by the way, they've fallen off as they've been a little wavery here early in the year. Next best team in the conference by SP Plus, Miami at number 30. After that, there's no, like, those are the only top 40 teams per SP Plus in the ACC. You've got a whole bunch of teams stuck between like 40 and call it, I don't know, 70 or so. Um, and that's, again, that's where you talk about this whole demolition derby is that there's these, a bunch of these teams that are only like a couple points better one way or the other. Um, teams I'm looking at here, Virginia, Duke, Wake Forest. So that's 46, 48, 49, 52 NC State, 53 Pittsburgh, 56 North Carolina, 57 Louisville, 58 Florida State. Uh, Syracuse at 66, Virginia Tech at 67, Boston College at 69. I don't know nice. how many teams that was. Yeah, nice. Um, I don't know how many teams that was. Pittsburgh at 53, I don't know if I mentioned them. Um, like, it's all these teams that are clustered here in the middle that are just decidedly mediocre in college football. And uh, that's just what this season is in the ACC, Mike. They just call that's, it what it is. That's where we're at. Yeah. Georgia Tech down at 86, which I, I'll allow it. I mean, your top 90 team. They're better than Rutgers? <laughs> Low bar, but yeah, that's good. They're a field goal better than Rutgers on a neutral field line. Put it that way. That's good. They're not the worst team in the Power Five. <laughs> that's all I need. That that really is all you need. It's year zero, baby. Yeah, it is squarely year zero on the flats. Um, all right, Mike. I think that's all I got on the preview. My pick of the week is over 69 points in the Florida State Wake Forest game. Do you have a pick of the week for the people? Oh, boy. Well, while, while you think about it, we have been scorching hot on picks of the week, by the way. You, you, me, and Cam went a combined 3-0 on picks of the week last week. I think we're both, We were so confident in that, too, by the way. We so really confident. Were. We really were. Um we are collectively well over 500 on picks of the week. I got to go tally my numbers here real quick. So, you talk about your pick of the week, and I'll come back with a uh, updated standing here. Yeah, my uh, my pick of the week is the over 52 in Pittsburgh and Syracuse. Um, so Pittsburgh, look, I already mentioned their offense has been pretty good. Like Pittsburgh's defense has been solid, like good, like decidedly good. Mm-hmm. Syracuse has been topsy-turvy on offense, but they always find a way to compile enough yards. All it takes is them getting in the end zone a couple more times than you expect. Um, And even if Pittsburgh doesn't score like you think they will, if Syracuse scores maybe one more touchdown, maybe a field goal more than you're expecting, that could be enough to push that over 52. 52 seems low to me. Um, You know, if you get a, you know, 35 to 17 game, you're, you're there, right? 
Um, <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, you know, just consider that that I, I think that's more likely to hit than not. And this could get into a little bit of a shootout as well. If there's a game that goes sideways here and Joey, you mentioned that, you know, weeknight unders seem to be the play, but 52 does seem low to me. Um, especially when you consider how Pittsburgh's offense has looked at times this year. And, you know, Syracuse's offense still has playmakers. They're capable of putting the ball in the end zone. They just need to be more consistent on early downs to get themselves into some favorable situations and not get behind the sticks. And I think if they do that, this definitely has an opportunity to go over. So I'm going to say over 52 here, Syracuse and Pittsburgh, even though it's a Friday night game. Yeah, definitely going back on what we said originally. We both had the under in that game when we previewed it. But yeah. I like the pick. I see what you're saying here. Uh, that's not a high total to have to hit. So, uh, Mike, we are a combined eight, five, and one in picks of the week. And if you include Cam, that just make it nine, five, and one. So, we're making the people some money if, on the picks of the week, if nothing else. So, these are the ones to follow. Just throwing that out there. Yep. Going back on my pick of the under over over under. I love it. Yep. Yep. That's how confident you are. Uh, I just talked everybody into it, though, right? Uh, that was convincing to me. That's all I got, Mike. Anything else in week uh, week eight here before we go out of, get out of here and watch some games? I don't think so. Go enjoy the football, everybody. This is going to be a very interesting weekend. We are going to learn a lot coming out of Saturday about a lot of different teams. Um, the Duke-Virginia game is gigantic this weekend. The Virginia Tech-North Carolina game is huge for North Carolina for coastal reasons. It's actually pretty huge for Virginia Tech for coastal contention reasons, but really it's it's more important to see kind of where this team actually is. I mean, I think we all assume that they're bad, but if they beat North Carolina, I think the narrative changes a lot more than, uh, than we thought, right? Mm-hmm. So there are some pretty significant games here this weekend. Wake obviously has a really important game against Florida State. Probably means actually a little bit more than the Seminoles than it does to the Demon Deacons, to be honest with you. Um, but that's another big game. So there are some really, really important games in the conference this weekend. So make sure to watch. We're going to learn a lot about the state of the conference here heading into week nine. Absolutely. I mean, you've got, again, seven games this weekend. Five of them basically qualify as toss-up games. Spreads inside of four points. So it is a uh, is a very meaningful week. There's going to be a lot of teams kind of helping to position themselves in their divisions and in the conference overall. Um, so this is a this is a, this is a good week. Stay on your toes. Keep your eye on the, the scoreboard because anything could happen in multiple of these games. So could be uh, very weird. It let's just let's not call it. It could be very weird. It's going to be weird. Something weird is going to happen is. this weekend. It always is. Even when you think it's going to be a light weekend in this conference this year, it always gets weird. Absolutely, no doubt. All right, that's all I got. Wake Forest over sixty nine points. Uh, excuse me, Florida State Wake Forest over sixty nine points. Uh, Mike, nice. you got Pitt and Syracuse going over fifty two points. Um, so we will uh, roll with that as our picks of the week. Uh, Mike, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go watch these games. We're going to come back and recap them, hopefully with similarly good sound quality. Fingers crossed. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And most importantly, you can find us on the Anchor app. We ask that you do that and really appreciate them for their platform for hosting this here podcast. Mike, you want to tell me they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Hell yeah. 
do that. Please do it. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? See what happens this weekend. Let's let's see what happens for sure. Uh, you want to come back and recap these games when they're done? Yes, sir. I think we got to. All right. We got to. There you go. There it is. All right. There it is. We got to. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Yeah!